This show has been hosted and brought to you by Jumbled Radio Online. You can listen to the show and a variety of other shows on demand on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. Just search up Jumbled Radio Online on the respective website and you should be able to find it. There may be some harsh language and exploratory themes in the coming cast. Now, off to your host. Welcome to another episode of Overanalyzing Things. I am your host, Julian Orihana, and today we're going to be exploring the concept of the balance between Goofy and Serious and why a palate cleanser is needed in most of your media through the video game of Yakuza 0. Holy damn, I love this game. This is a really good game. But if you are a new listener, this series, Overanalyzing a Thing, is where I overanalyze any form of media that interests me, right? Whether it be games, basketball, wrestling, books, YouTube videos, whatever. I normally get this. The, I, in the past, have been inspired by some things and have sat down and written down a Word document that is just sitting in my computer. I also like to explore things and uh, explore these things, but I don't really have the friends to do it so far. Like, they're into different things. I'm into a lot of the games. And this is just a place for me to express and explore how I feel about a game, how I feel about a movie. That mm, is a, it's a, it's a nice place to do so. Weird intro, never really said that before, but today, yes, the balance between the goofy and the serious, the palate cleansing nature that most games should take on, especially if they're an open world game, or most shows should take on, especially if they're very heavy shows, is an important idea for me in terms of trying to keep audience retention, or at least keeping my audience, my audience meaning me, keep my attention to the said content. Um... We're going to explore Yakuza 0 because I think that's the best example that I've experienced in my life so far. Um, There will be not a lot of spoilers. There's uh, an explanation of the story. So people who don't play the game or know nothing about the game can still figure out why I think it's like good or why Yakuza 0 in that series um, performs that so well. Um, So if you're interested in playing the game, I feel like listen to this podcast. I explain to you what I feel about the game and how it plays for the most part. Um, If you have no interest in the game but just want to listen, I welcome you to just put this podcast on and clear your mind. You know, let me just talk to you to sleep or whatever. So the format of the show, I read a paragraph from the document that I do. Say that again. I read a paragraph from the document that I've written in the past. I tell you how I feel, if I still believe in the analysis, if, if I still believe in the analysis, or if I have a new piece of analysis for it. So to open up, I'm going to give you the story of Zero, Yakuza Zero, and its main characters. Um, to give you backstory right now, uh, the two places that the game is set for Yakuza Zero is the fictional Japanese town or city of Sotenbori and the fictional Japanese city of Kamurocho, both inspired by certain places in Japan. Both I do not have at the top of my head. I should. I just do not. Okay, so we're gonna go straight into it. Um, I enjoyed Yakuza Zero more than I enjoyed Yakuza Kiwami, which is the newer game. Newer meaning the first game actually released, but a remake. Um, Yakuza Zero was given to or made for people to get into the series now that remasters are coming out and now that Yakuza 8 is about to be released. Um, it's it's a great way to learn about the characters and be attached to the characters and learn this fucking wild story of the Yakuza's, right? Um, to keep the explanation as simple as possible, I'm going to try simplify the families involved uh, to make you understand 
and what I had to learn through the hard way, the Yakuza is run, or at least the way that the game portrays it, is that it's, they are run by certain families, right? I am the Orihana, like I'm an Orihana, so if I have the right to run a family, people will be working under the Orihana clan or the Orihana family, right? And me being working for someone, working for the, so my family would probably be working for an entire clan or an entire alliance, right? And in the game, you have two alliances that are most spoken about or well known. That is the Tojo clan and the Omi alliance, right? And in these two alliances, a certain family or a certain leader of family can become the leader of the clan and, you know, run business as they see fit. Um, everyone else is striving to either be a leader of their own certain family or the leader of the entire clan. So that's all you need to know. There's a major clan with a bunch of families underneath it, run by one family at a time with different leaders once the leaders passed away, etc., etc. Uh, I don't like saying etc., etc. Sorry about that. Um, I hope that made sense. And let's get into the story. Your main character, Kiryu Kazama, an aspiring Yakuza that was framed for killing a man in a small empty lot. Being a Yakuza, it is important to know that there is a code of conduct that they pride themselves on. And one of the main codes of rules is that you're really not supposed to kill any civilians. Killing is kind of reserved for a massive statement. If you hate a certain person or if you were paid to kill them, assassins and whatnot are still are definitely a thing in the Yakuza. Um, but not only does this like shun Kiryu from the family and shun Kiryu from being a Yakuza, but it also messes up the entire foundation of the Yakuza as a whole, or at least the Tojo clan as a whole, right? This small empty lot that he was framed for killing a man in now becomes a police scene. It becomes a crime scene that is taken by the police and taken away from the general public. General public meaning the Yakuza, right? Crazy. Weird small lot. Why is it so important? Who knows? Uh, the real reason for the lot being so important is that it's the last piece of lot that needs to be bought in order to build a tower in Kamurocho that would make the Yakuza bounties of bountifuls a lot of goddamn money, right? So Kiryu being framed and having the police involved locks out the empty lot and it messes up everything for the plan to buy and develop and get more money for the tojo clan right simple enough everyone is pissed off at kiryu because they were like they were all wanting to make a play on the on the lot and if you have the lot you have the power of the city and i guess you can use that to your advantage if you were a family head to become the leader of the tojo clan right this is also a major problem for kiryu because the man who raised kiryu or the man who put him under his wing his name is kazuma right Kazuma is the man who took Kiryu in from the orphanage that he was raised in and basically like brought him up and was like, this is how you would be a man. This is how you could live your life. And Kiryu always admired Kazuma. He owes his life to Kazuma, etc., etc. Did it again. Sorry. He owes his life to Kazuma, right? And with Kazuma in jail at the state of, uh, at the current time of Yakuza 0, um, he is unable to make a play on the lot because, you know, you can't really do much from behind bars. However, because he's such a highly respected man in the Yakuza clans and in, around the Tojo clan especially, not even the Tojo clan, just around Japan, he's very well respected as a, as a Yakuza leader and as a leader of his own family. 
um, he was essentially next in line to become the leader of the Tojo clan, right? The current leader, Dojima, or the Dojima family, the current leader of the clan, um, is wanting to get that lot so that they can have more power, so that they can have all the money and all the say. And, you know, because Kazuma, Kiryu, sorry, because Kiryu is so closely associated with Kazuma, it makes Kazuma look bad. Kazuma being in jail means that he's officially like kicked out of the race because his boys fucked up the entire Tojo clan's plan on getting this small lot. And, you know, now Kiryu has this task of redeeming himself, um, fighting for his boss's right or his Kazuma's essentially the father figure, fighting for Kazuma's right to rule the clan and to become the leader. Kazuma's a very good guy. That's all I can say about him. He's very good in terms of his morals and whatnot. Like in Kiwami, one of the side missions is you see him uh, funding a doctor who treats everyone. Like it doesn't matter who you are, the doctor will treat anyone and everyone without payment because freaking Kazuma pays for everything. It's it's like the concept of ACC in New Zealand, but for one hospital in Kamurocho. That's Kiryu, right? That's his whole deal. He wanted to be a Yakuza. He wanted to be just like Kazuma and help people out. He's got strong ideals, stern face. He's a hot man, super powerful, beats the shit out of everyone because he can, doesn't kill anyone. I mean, apart from the the supposed frame of the kill that he did. But it's clear that he didn't. He didn't kill the man. Okay, he didn't kill the man. He was framed. It's all a play for the, for the lot, right? Everyone wants that lot. That's an important lot. And that's Kiryu's story right it's over dramatic it's over the top you can sense how the japanese could make a really nice action beginning from this on the other hand however you have goro majima this is the second player that you play through in the entire game um, you switch between their stories and each of them are tied to their cities so kiryu's in kamurocho goro majima just majima from now on is going to be in sotenbori um, majima known as well, currently known as the Lord of the Night, he's the manager of the Grand or the Cabaret Grand, the most popular cabaret in the city of Sotenbori, right? Big popular business. He's the best manager. He basically brought the shithole from a really bad, uh, like poor earning business into like one of the best and most highly sought after fun time places. Yeah, no, it's not that dirty a place, really. It's like it's really amazing in terms of like the the way it's presented in the game. It's a giant cabaret. Freaking dope. Crazy how he's the Lord of the Night, right? In his world, the customer is king. He's very skilled in fighting. And his main shtick at the beginning of the game, when you notice him, is that he will fight nobody inside his inside the cabaret, right? Inside his business, he'll fight no one at all. Um, he will do whatever it takes to either prove his point and calm down a customer or embarrass the customer so that everyone else knows oh my god what a cool manager oh my god let's not mess with the manager and he kind of he kind of like works his way through engaging in fights where he doesn't swing a fist in order to get these people or the like so so okay the example in the beginning of the game is that there's an angry doctor there you know demanding so many random things being a essentially being a bitch right 
So Majima comes up and he's like, yo, what's up? Sorry that we're disturbing you. I'm sorry about the night. Doctor guy like gets mad, tries to uh, embarrass Majima, but he always keeps his cool. And he's like, yo, I'm sorry you feel that way. What can we do? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, carries on like a good host. The, the tutorial for the step is that you have to fight Majima and you have to just dodge all of the attacks. That's his main thing. You know, guy gets embarrassed and Majima's like, well, you know, or we love everyone here. We love all our customers. So why don't you just buy everyone around and we should be good. Given that this place can host about like 200 people at a time, I think. I don't know numbers and spaces. It looked like a lot of people in there. And boom, you know, he saves face for the customer and doesn't shame the customer as well as uplifting the name of the Cabaret Grand. Now this boy, this nice boy is in this job, not because he loves it, but it's because he needs to make up, like he needs, he needs to make up a crazy amount of money because he was, like Kiryu, kicked out of the Yakuza, right? Majima did something wrong. Majima, um, what did I write down here? Yeah, this isn't the life that he wanted, right? He was shunned and is a former member. He's tasked by his boss, Sagawa, to make 100 million yen in revenue, which is then raised up to 500 million yen to be considered, only to be considered to be welcomed back into the Yakuza, right? So he uses this business and he makes so much money out of it just so he can be put back into the Yakuza or even be considered to be put back in the Yakuza. And in the game, I mean, in real life, 100 million yen is a crazy amount of money. And they didn't make much money then. So the option for Majima, who's pissed off at Sagawa at this point, right? Like I would be pissed off at my guy who says, I can get you in if you do me A. And then you do A and find out that there's like an, <laughs> like there's a B involved as well. Um, Goro Majima at this point, desperate to get into the Yakuza, is given a proposition by Sagawa to kill uh, a girl named Makoto Makimura, right? And here's the crazy part, and here's why I was so involved. This lady is blind. It's just a blind, innocent girl. Just a straight-up blind, innocent girl who's in Japan and, like, confused and lost. And it's like, yo, Majima's never killed a man before. Majima just wants to be in the Yakuza because he likes to... He's, Yakuza don't kill. That's not their shtick. So it's impossible for him to like figure out if he wants to kill this person or not. Like It's crazy to think that I'm going to kill someone just to get into the Yakuza and ruin someone else's life just to get into the Yakuza. You know, that's... In my head, it was wild. So I was instantly hooked. It was the whole idea of wow, am I really just going to kill someone to be a Yakuza type story? And, you know, it sounds lame, but oh my god, it was written so well. Like, it was so good and was brought up so nicely. And, yeah, those two stories, essentially the same. They're both kicked out and they want to get back in, and it's just both their journeys, like, different in so many ways to achieve the same goal of going back into the Yakuza, Right? And it's a complicated, over-the-top, and over the dramatic, overly dramatic story. Um, the fighting is insane. There's a lot of, like, really nice graphics 
not, I want to say graphics, but sorry, nice animations when it comes to the fights, right? It feels meaty. When you punch someone, you can kind of feel it in the game and your movement feels right. Like it doesn't feel slippery or slidey. It's, it's a great fighting system to feel, right? And yeah, it's not just a story-based game. There's an entire world to explore when it comes to the two cities. Um, the 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 stories do get dramatic, and they have very nice cutscenes that are essentially like watching a drama. It's a, it's essentially watching a crazy movie, right? Because it's heavy themes. It's like you know, dealing with death, dealing with the politics of the yakuza, dealing with killing someone. Like essentially, like they put it, they put some nice moments when i say nice i mean like they're powerful emotionally hitting moments when you're trying to progress in the game and sometimes that can get really tiring sometimes there's too much story and you can feel too bogged down by certain um events in the story um, i'm gonna give you well yeah because there's a lot of things that happen like when you find out the past of makoto when you find out the past of uh, Majima, learning about how they got there and learning about what they're going to do now is crazy to think. It's crazy to see, and it's like it's pretty. It's pretty heavy stuff from time to time. Like, like Majima was tortured for hours, days even, because of his subordination with his um, family. Right? He was tortured and cut up and whatnot. And normally that type of torture would kill a man, but he was the man or one of the few. Who actually survived and was kicked out because they couldn't kill him they didn't want to kill him because he stayed so long and didn't quit right so people saw something good in that and knew that he could be manipulated into making money and being manipulated to do the dirty work and right because yakuza can't kill normal people of course they're gonna hire a dude who's not a yakuza to kill makoto to kill this girl for no reason at the beginning of the game no reason they straight up just tell you hey majima just go kill this person you'll be back in our good side and that's and that was cra like honestly that was crazy for me to think to, for me to experience in the game because like this dude just wants to not just what the fuck why would you want to kill someone okay and amongst that right amongst this heaviness and whatnot you get as previously mentioned you get a world in these cities so the game isn't a one-track thing where you just go through each scene and each level. It's one world with multiple story bits that happen in, happens in the world. And it's just the two cities. And you get brought out to certain areas um, from time to time just to do story stuff, but mostly it happens in the cities. And you can choose to do the stories with a little uh, pink icon on the map. You go to that, you interact, boom, you're carrying over the story. Everything else around the world feels like an actual world right you don't feel like the one in games you know the, the definition of the one is like the savior and whatnot and everything you do is most powerful and everyone cares about what you're doing you're just a guy in in yakuza zero right you're just a dude who's minding his own business and doing his own yakuza stuff and everyone else in the world feels like they're doing their own business and they're doing their own things right and what's kind of nice is that there are also like enemies spread across the map, enemies in the form of hooligans, other Yakuza members that want to beat you up, random thugs that just want to fight. 
and you're just walking in the street and all of a sudden they're like hey what the fuck you look funny i'm gonna beat your ass or like you bumped into me while you were walking not cool put your fists up etc etc like that's the good part of the world like it feels like a whole entire world and the developers also nicely added side stories side stories to like you know keep you busy if you want amongst all the amongst all the heavy story bits and when i say heavy story again really deep dark themes not deep as in like thought-provoking but like kind of dark and fucked up like it's pretty kind of grown-up themes essentially and if you don't want to keep playing grown-up themes for like 20 hours because the story would take you about 20-ish hours um you could do these crazy side quests this these crazy things that bring back your little thought of being in the dramatic world and put you back in the goofiness so you're this is your this is your palate cleanser these sad sides these side stories and these side quests are your palate cleanser for the game right all and dude these side quests can get really weird and really goofy also kind of heartwarming and like really nice but also not as like horrendous or deep as like the main story because the main story takes the cake in terms of i mean it has to it's like the main story but like it takes the cake in terms of what you're experiencing with the characters right the side quests uh make you experience the world and it lets you love the world more and it's a good it's a good um it's a good way to take you out of it to kind of reset your brain into experiencing the main story more and you know you're, you might be sitting there being like dude you say that there's goofy shit that happens in the game but all i heard is like some typical gangster stuff that like happens in other movies and games and whatnot sure the main story might be good but what makes these side stories real good so this is the minor spoiler that i'm gonna say i'm just gonna tell you a bunch of the weird side stories that i had to play through which i played all of them except for the last one because i can't finish it uh that you have to go through in order to to understand the goofy nature of this game um to get a lot of weird wacky stories like or you have to do a lot of weird wacky things like you have to teach a dominatrix how to be a dominatrix so in in so kamurocho is the red light district of japan or the area that it's in not japan it's really stupid to say but it's a, it's the red light district of the city and you know people pay dominatrix dominatrixes to dominate them and you know people have their kinks and they want to be a sub it's fine um the woman that like talks to you because she kind of like asks for help all of a sudden you run into you you're walking in this you're walking in the world and you walk up to these two people by accident and you hear this commotion and you find out that this girl isn't being a good dominatrix she's just being a nice sweet polite japanese woman who's like i, I don't know why i'm doing this job this is crazy um and then you can hear her customers being like dude come on i i'm not the one who's supposed to be the dom here you're supposed to be the dom and i'm supposed to be the sub so she's kind of feeling at her job and kiryu's like oh dude okay let's talk to this girl see if she's, she's okay and you go through a process of like letting this girl through multiple conversations where she learns to play a dom even though she's not essentially a dom like she just knows how to do her job and that whole story is really kind of, it's kind of sweet because she's a really nice person in terms of like what she believes in life and whatnot but she also knows that she has a job to do and she knows that the job isn't necessarily harmful because these dudes are paying for the treatment so that's one one that's one weird but like really interesting side story that like stuck to my head 
you can um you can be tasked to help a dude cross a bridge apparently he can't cross this bridge because he keeps constantly being beaten up on the bridge for wearing a certain jacket that makes everyone on the bridge think that he thinks they're better than him really shallow that these dudes are looking at this dude with a jacket being like hey fuck you for wearing that jacket we're gonna beat the shit out of you and not let you pass this bridge so your goal is to just beat up the people who want to beat him up so he can walk past the bridge it's like a life goal of his or something um you can be tasked to help a living statue like a performance statue guy to go to the bathroom by distracting a crowd with a fight or yelling or something you know just so he can like run off for a little bit pee and come back um oh this one was crazy you can be asked to pretend to be a director no this one not this one the next one's crazy excuse me you can be asked to pretend to be a director because you like quote unquote look like one and you kind of just help a shoot like a you help direct and help with a food show and their shoot on the day and weird stuff happens afterwards you can dance with michael jackson but in the game his name is miracle johnson and you can help him with his zombie inspired music video like this game has michael jackson of all things michael jackson's in the game and apparently from what i heard from friends and people who are into the japanese stuff and know a lot about the japanese they host michael jackson pretty highly right and in the game there's a there's a mini game where you can play a dancing game and you can dance with michael or miracle i want to call him miracle you dance with miracle as a thanks for helping him with the music video and you can never beat him like and then in the game you can dance with other people and do the side stories about the dancers in this the city and you can learn that oh cool kiryu can be the best dancer in the city but he cannot beat michael miracle jesus his name is miracle right miracle johnson is unbeatable in dance which means like the japanese must host him really highly like he's the king of pop for a reason right so it makes sense um you also get like a bunch of mini games spread across the city you can play in the Sega, you can play arcade games, Sega games, specifically in the Sega arcade. You can sing karaoke and like the, the video starts with you singing karaoke at the bar and then it turns out to be just one giganto music video where you see freaking Kiryu and like Majima all dressed up in weird stuff. It's really funny. It's really good. Um, you can host a cabaret club. You can run a real estate company. You can send letters to a radio show host so that you can like potentially meet the radio show host and get money out of it like there's so many goofs spread out of the world that it kind of takes you away from the main story to like have fun and do different like do a variety of things if you'd like and that's another big thing that i haven't really considered in this podcast is that these things aren't uh forced upon you like sure you'll get the cutscene to tell you that it's there but you have the choice of partaking in the quest or partaking in the side mission you have the yeah sorry you have the choice i hate the cadence on that one you have the choice of partaking the side mission or declining it right and declining it doesn't mean that it's away forever declining it just means you're not going to do it now and it will be marked on the map with an exclamation mark like it's a nice system for you to come back on especially if you're like very into the plot of the main story at the moment and you just want to keep playing that you can come back to the side quest if you'd like um but it's good it's good it, it really it's really good at like just letting you have the choice to palette cleanse letting you have the choice to stay in the world and not change the game like to continue engaging with the world without having to like stay on the main story and it puts less pressure on the main story to be everything you know like they're able to write the serious and like really nice 
well-meaning story as long as well as putting a bunch of weird goofy stuff for the people to have fun with um Oh, here's a good paragraph. Uh, These bits and goofs are there for you to take a second and just have fun with the weirdness of the world and the universe. We have guys jumping out of windows, carrying motorcycles as weapons. We have a man who was tasked to kill a blind, innocent woman. We have a murderer being framed, as well as having an argument with an old woman who steals your spot in front of the line and yelling at you, claiming that you harassed her when she was the one who cut in line. Um, You can see intense scenes of rage and fury, politics inside the Yakuza and being a pretend husband for a girl who wants to prove to her father that she can live at her own. That's another side story that you just had to pretend to know this girl and like go on a date with her. You get torture, a sense of being trapped and watched by all the Yakuza. You get the injustice of the world of the Yakuza. Then you help a little girl win some stuffed animals from the claw machine. Right? This balance of goofy and serious helps me to cleanse my palate and not feel overindulgent in the story once the goofy nature is too much i can just jump back into the story and i can feel the emotion and the pain of the characters that the characters feel uh if something's too heavy and i kind of want to loosen up a bit i'll run around looking the city i run around the city looking for these side missions um kept the game fresh and exciting throughout my 150 hours of play yes i played 150 hours of this in the holidays amongst other things that i did in the holidays this was a very this stuck this, this grabbed my attention heavily. And I can honestly recommend this game to anybody who loves a story-focused game. Um, there's a lot of story, and the fighting mechanic is meaty and beautiful. It just feels really good. Um, and yeah, I really wanted to talk about Kiwami, but my script just ended up being a Yakuza 0 script. And it's just, not going to lie, one of my favorite games of all time. Probably top three favorite games of all time. And this wasn't really, yeah, I would say there was no spoilers. I feel like if you are interested in the game and you are a friend of mine and we are in contact and you have my number or something, I can definitely lend you the game and let you experience this game. But if you are some random viewer out there who listens to this podcast, thank you so much for listening and sticking this long. It's about half an hour of me ranting and raving about a game that I really, really, really like. Not a lot of analysis, not going to lie. I made this episode an Oats episode because I still don't have a gaming show which I'm planning and intending to do. But I hope this show, if anything, kept you company for however long you needed. I hope this show kept you busy. I hope this show has maybe let you want to play the Yakuza series a little bit, but also showed how these companies and these businesses making media for us is starting to learn how to keep our attention a lot more with the with the way that they are presenting their media, right? Like, if they want to keep your attention, they're going to find a way to make a balance for you to stay there for as long as possible. This was a jumbled cast, but we are listening to Jumbled Radio Online. So again, thank you guys so much for watching through this episode. If you would like this episode, if you like my podcast, I would say subscribe on YouTube, subscribe and follow me on Spotify. I think you can follow on iTunes and on Podbean as well so that you can get updates on when episodes are released. You can follow me on my social medias, uh, JulianOrahana17 on everything. Like it's Instagram and Twitter, really. Um... Julian Orihana on YouTube. I do have a YouTube channel where I do some poetry videos if you'd like. You can follow my poetry video, my poetry Instagram, excuse me, on 
Rustlin and Writing. That's spelled W-R-U-S-S-L-I-N-A-N-D-W-R-I-T-I-N-G. Get it, Rustlin, because Russell is my middle name. Haha, <laughs> funny, goofy, whatever. Um, so yes, I appreciate you guys for listening this far. If you have any comments, any thing that you'd make me want to change in the podcast you can tell me in the comments on youtube you can hit me up on my socials you can tell me in real life if you're like someone that i know thank you guys so much for watching i'm so glad you guys watching i mean if you're on youtube thank you so much for watching um i appreciate your ears thank you for that time and to the next episode i guess have a good day have a good evening have a good whatever i'll see you guys next time You'll hear me next time because this is a podcast. Thank you so much. Goodbye.